What's going on? Welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. I'm out here recording October 15th on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Just me hanging out with you today. Tyler and Cameron are unavailable to join me, but that isn't going to stop me from bringing you another Stardom Saturday episode here for the fellas. Make sure you're following all of our socials, FFL is on Twitter, the FFL is on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, if you're watching a YouTube video right now, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, turn on those notifications for all sorts of daily fantasy football content all year long. And you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Lucas Wenzel, W-E-N-C as in cat, L. I'm so used to spelling my last name for people. It's kind of an obscure last name. So there, now you know how to spell my last name. Um, if you want to join a community full of league winners as well, make sure you head over to our chalkboard. Uh, we are dropping rankings, waiver wire advice, trade advice, everything of the sorts over there. That is 100% free for you to join. You can come ask all of your questions. Our community will answer them. We'll pop in and answer them every once in a while as well. Down in the description of the audio podcast or YouTube video you are listening to right now. We got a full episode, starts the week. Got lots of news to plow through here. Uh, we'll do some player props and rivals at the end with our friends over at Underdog. Uh, but first, per usual, we have to do a Thursday night football recap. And this is another one I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't want to recap this Thursday night game. It was awful. <laughs> it was bad. Second second to last, last Thursday night football. Oh, it was brutal. Commanders win 12 to 9. I I don't know how much you want me to say about this game. Okay, there were three takeaways for fantasy football I think we do need to talk about. But like everything else, toss it. This game is meaningless. Amazon just paid the NFL a buttload and now they're going to throw whoever they want on Thursday night football, right? Like they already got, the NFL already got their bag. They don't care who's playing on Thursday night football. Amazon's going to overpay for it. I saw, I saw this meme. I need to touch on this meme. I saw this meme on Facebook yesterday yesterday um if you've seen grown-ups before uh, the movie grown-ups right with adam sandler um all the great actors right um let me go through the whole list but it's it's the the three sisters right where there's the two that are that are deemed incredibly attractive and then the one you know ugly duckling if you will of of the group right and then it's monday night football uh and third or not thursday night football monday night football and like nfl sunday football and then the, the outline the outsider one the, the 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 ugly duckling one being thursday night football i thought that was really funny anyways uh that was a long way to get through that meme but uh three big takeaways from thursday night football uh normally i would ask questions here right we started doing three big questions after thursday night football uh we're not gonna do that because i'm the only one here today three big takeaways that i had uh one brian robinson is confirmed as the running back one in washington 47 percent snap share on thursday night 27 total snaps and on those 27 snaps, he saw 17 opportunities. So there was only 10 times that he was out on the field that he didn't touch the football. Um, let's compare that to J.D. McKissick's had 17 snaps. Gibson had 15. Like, no hesitation. Put Brian Robinson right back in. He only needed one week to get acclimated. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see these snaps start to funnel more towards Brian Robinson. Even I think they'll probably want to keep it split between 
McKissick and Gibson for the most part. Um, but Rivera hinted after the game too, that they want to see Gibson out on the field more. So that could mean less work for McKissick. I mean, this is just a three headed monster. Uh, Ryan Robinson, they would say by a touchdown, Gibson was the highest scoring running back before that Brian Robinson touchdown. Uh, Gibson uh, had eight, 8.3 fantasy points. Um, before that touchdown, Brian Robinson was sitting at six points, right? So Gibson still almost was the highest scoring running back on this team. Um, I, it's tough to see which one of these running backs has the most value. I mean, you even look at efficiency for Brian Robinson, 17 for 16, a touchdown, right? It's only three and a half yards per attempt. You're mostly there, or you're mostly investing in Brian Robinson for the volume he's going to be getting, right? Uh, the efficiency will come. And he has a really nice schedule coming up too. Uh, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Houston, Atlanta, and then the Giants. You don't love the matchup with Philadelphia. You don't really you don't love either Green Bay or Indianapolis, but I look at Minnesota, I look at Houston, Atlanta, and the Giants, and I really like those matchups uh, for the Washington Commanders. So if you have Brian Robinson on your team, you got to feel good, uh, especially after a 12-point performance in his first full game back on only 47% of the snaps. You didn't even play half of the snaps in the game, right? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that, and that game was just awful. So you can expect big things, uh, continued big things from Brian Robinson going forward. Second takeaway, I think Darnell Mooney might be back. I, I think he might be back now. Uh, he's played at least 90% of the snaps in every game this year. He's gone over 50 yards in the past three games now, 50 receiving yards. That's not like a milestone marker, but when you're on the Bears and Justin Fields is your quarterback, I think we have to take note of that. Uh, and he finally finally saw more than six targets in a game this year. He saw 12 on Thursday Night Football. Uh, finally, they, they let Justin Fields sling it around a little bit. 12 targets on Thursday Night Football. Dante Pettis. Uh, 18 fantasy points in PPR formats. Great night from Dante Pettis. I don't think you're, you can count on that. But the point being is they're going to let Justin... It looks like they're <laughs> more open to the idea of letting Justin Fields swing the ball around a bit more. Um, I'm not... He, but, he, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not making major moves to go out and get like Darnell Mooney. Like, I'm not... If he's on my team, he's not untouchable. And if he's on my team, I'm not confidently starting him most weeks. That being said, if you're going out and trying to upgrade at a different position... One, I think you can package Darnell Mooney in a trade. I think there will be takers on Darnell Mooney um, who will not necessarily see him as an upgrade, um, but you can throw him in a trade package, and I think he's a valuable piece. Uh, and on the other hand, if you're looking to upgrade out of position and someone throws Darnell Mooney in a package, like I wouldn't be afraid to take him on anymore. So I look, I think I think you're we're getting a little bit of a resurgence, a little bit of a bounce back from Mooney. I don't think he's you know top 25, 30 going ahead uh, to the rest of the season, but. I'm not afraid to take him on anymore. I'm not as scared as I once was about Darnell Mooney uh, after the abysmal start of the season. And lastly, we look, we got to talk about this wide receiver. On the other side of football, you if you have Terry McLaurin on your fantasy football team, you need to get out from underneath him after this week. Like, need to get out from underneath Terry McLaurin. He he cannot be on your team anymore. Sell him for name value. Sell him on the on the, on the chance that someone will actually bite on him as the the wide receiver one in Washington. Right, like snap percentages have been great. Okay, they've been great. Ninety five percent in week three. Ninety eight percent the last two weeks. He's he's been on the field a ton. He's number one in routes run in the NFL. So he's on the field a ton. I believe he's number two in snap share. Number one in routes run. So he's on the field a ton. But his target numbers are putrid, people. So he's out on the field. That's great. That is great. But they are not looking at him at all. Six targets in weeks three and four. Only four targets on Thursday Night Football. He had a 16.2% target share going into Thursday Night Football. 
And he only had an 18% target share in a game that was close and they needed to score. I, this is a guy who should not have been drafted as high as a wide receiver 16 in most fantasy drafts this year. Like people were saying Wentz was going to be this astronomical upgrade. Oh, he's so much better than Taylor Heineke. Are you kidding me? Terry's going to have a career year, career year from Terry McLaurin wide receiver, top 15 wide receiver. People were ready, like proclaiming that. And we're like, hold on. We've seen these middle of the pack quarterbacks switch teams to be an upgrade, right? An upgrade, even Baker Mayfield to Carolina, right? Like we've seen these like slightly above lateral moves at the quarterback position for teams. And people are like, yes, stud wide receivers now are like, they were playing with crap and now they're not playing with crap. So they're going to be better. Like that's not how this works. (laughs) That's not how this works. You have, to, you have to upgrade to an elite-level quarterback in order to see your production go up to top 15 status, right? They only make a minimal impact, and that's what we've seen. We haven't seen Terry McLaurin make this leap. I'm not going to sit here and say Terry McLaurin has been awful. Okay, I believe he's a top 40 wide receiver, but like, listen to what I just said. A top 40, I believe he's a top 40 wide receiver. You did not draft him to be outside of the top 30. You did not do that. So I, I like I really hate taking midseason victory laps or one of like my least favorite things in the world. But like, I, it, it sounds cocky, but like on behalf of all of us fellas, like we told you so, we told you so. It, Carson Wentz isn't that dude. He looked great the first couple of weeks, but even in those first couple of weeks, Terry McLaurin didn't give you top fifteen production, and he's not going to going forward. He had a great advantage to a, a great opportunity to do it on Thursday night, and you know what he didn't do? Deliver. He didn't deliver for you. So you can get out from Terry McLaurin, get out from underneath Terry McLaurin ASAP as possible. Do it. That was our Thursday night football recap. And now, goodness, we have, <laughs> we have a whole plethora of news to go into here. I'm not going to be looking at the camera much during this next segment because I have a whole list of like 20 pieces of news. I need to fly through. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to news and notes brought to you by your friends over at sleeper the number one fantasy football platform in the world. It's where literally we play all of our leagues. Only leagues I don't have on sleeper are my guillotine leagues and sleeper could do guillotine leagues for you. So get over on sleeper. You can join over 4 million people playing fantasy football over on sleeper using the link down in the description of this audio podcast or YouTube video you are watching. Carson Wentz. While we're on Thursday Night Football still, kind of, sort of. We'll start with it since we ended with that. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, he suffered a fractured finger on his throwing hand in Thursday night's win over the Chicago Bears. He's headed to Los Angeles to see a hand specialist to determine, <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, his next step. He's listed day-to-day at this point. That is per Ian Rappaport. Another reason you should get off from Terry McLaurin. Not to shift the news from Carson Wentz to Terry, but like, Exhibit B, right? Like, um, yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, I, I think he can hit the waiver wires here at any point. <clears throat> he was a great streamer to start the year. Not not feeling too good about Carson Wentz anymore. Two attack of Iloa cleared concussion protocol yesterday, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, and let me get the full explanation here. He, he posted yesterday that he cleared, uh, and obviously there wasn't going to be enough explanation within 140 characters on Twitter to uh, explain this entire report. 
Uh, so give me a second here while <clears throat> I pull up the report uh, with Tua from yesterday and read his entire note on it. Here we go. So per Adam Schefter, Tua Tagovailoa was cleared from concussion protocol today, uh, this morning, as of two hours ago. Uh, he'll be inactive on Sunday versus the Vikings, but he's expected to return for week seven versus the Steelers. Here's the additional news. Since suffering a concussion in week four, Tua Tagovailoa, the Dolphins, and his team of independent doctors followed a thorough process that far exceeded the NFL's concussion protocol for sources. He received four outside opinions in addition to teams, doctors, in addition to team doctors, excuse me, who unanimously cleared him from protocol and all agreed that his scans showed no signs of long-term impact to the brain. This is a best case scenario for the quarterback who was off to an impressive start of the 2022 season and is expected to return to action next week in week seven. I leave it into the doctor's hands. I am not a medical professional. I know that what I saw when he was carted off the field was not good. I know that much, but I am not a medical professional. I, <laughs> I do not. I, I at one point wanted to work in the medical field, but I do not have that expertise. I leave it in the hands of the professionals, and I will trust that the Miami Dolphins organization has not done anything fishy here and will get their star quarterback you know, on the field again, which is great. Glad Tua Tagovailoa is doing okay, and I pray that the doctors are correct in all their analysis and interpretations of his injury. Teddy Bridgewater also cleared from concussion protocol. Uh, he's still going to serve as the team's backup on Sunday, though, to uh, Skylar Thompson. So, yikes, if you have any Miami Dolphins players. Mm, mm, yeah, I'm not too excited. Speaking of Miami Dolphins, both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are off the injury report. Those are the two that are really going to be impacted by Skylar Thompson. I'm, I look, the Viking secondary is pretty bad. Being a Minnesota Vikings fan myself, our secondary is pretty bad. That being said, I really have no confidence Skylar Thompson <laughs> can torch our secondary. I just don't have that confidence. So, I think you have to start both of them, but I'd keep expectations low. Saquon Barkley uh, has no injury designation. He's going to go for Sunday. He was dealing with a shoulder injury. Dak Prescott, with his thumb, he's officially listed as questionable for Sunday, but the team is preparing for Cooper Rush to start. Um, so he will likely return in week seven and not this week, but very interesting to see that development midway through this week. I thought I had one more week with him on my uh, IR spot in most leagues, and then Oh, he's back. I have to take him off my IR spot to do literally anything with my roster. So uh, Cooper Rush will start, but Dak Prescott officially listed as questionable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Clear my throat there. Aaron Rodgers dealing with a right thumb injury throughout the week. He's off the injury report. Will start this week against the Jets. Tyler Lockett uh, popped up on the injury report on Thursday with a hamstring issue. He's been removed from the injury report. He is good to go for Sunday. Cooper Cup. Foot injury listed as questionable for Sunday. I'm going to bank on the fact that he plays. I think, I, I doubt they hold him out. I'm sure he'll play on Sunday. Jonathan Taylor, officially questionable for week six. I've heard rumblings, though, that he should be good to go. Um, I've heard rumblings there. Naeem Hines, also questionable. So if you want to go get Deion Jackson, um, stash him on your roster. I think he's worth doing that right now, at least for the weekend. Uh, if you're in a deeper league and have a roster spot for him, I think, I think, going and getting Deion Jackson now on the off chance he's the starter this week um, as they get the Jaguars, which isn't the worst matchup for Deion Jackson. Kyle Pitts, hamstring questionable for Sunday. T. Higgins also questionable with an ankle issue. He did practice on Friday, though. Uh, so I'm guessing T. Higgins will be out there on Sunday, maybe on a limited snap count. I just, with, with 
after Zach Taylor's comments after last week's game of if it's the right situation, we have a chance to win the game, get him out on the field. Like, <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Um, we could see T Higgins out there. I'm going to bank. If he practice on Friday, I'm going to say that he is out there, but that's something to watch going forward. Raheem Mostert dealing with a knee injury, knee issue, excuse me, uh, questionable for Sunday. Um, yeah, that's tough. Uh, we don't want to see that from Raheem Mostert given his injury history. We don't want to see him pop up on the injury report, uh, especially in a good matchup with the Vikings. So if he plays, I think you have to play him. If he doesn't, obviously you're not playing him. But if he plays in any capacity, I think you have to throw him in your flex spot against the Vikings. Michael Thomas, oh, brother, with a toe injury. He is ruled out against Cincinnati. I am terrified of Michael Thomas. Okay, I, I asked this to Tyler last week. If Michael Thomas misses... Will he miss the next three weeks? This is week one. I said he probably would because I we get we get these injury updates with Michael Thomas. We get nothing else. We just know he's dealing with some sort of lower body injury, right? It's his ankle or his foot. Now it's his toe, right? Like we don't know much outside of that, but these things seem to keep Michael Thomas out for a prolonged stretch and the Saints don't want to put him on a... Like, we get no like clarity around the severity of Michael Thomas's injuries. And this is what terrifies me about him because he could be out next week. And that would be four straight weeks without Michael Thomas. Four straight weeks without Michael Thomas. Like this is what we were terrified of coming into the season. Even if he could produce return to his old self, which it looks like he was going to. Now, all of a sudden you're missing him for four weeks in a row, four weeks in a row. Like that's lost time in fantasy football. And you probably drafted him to be your, your flex play most weeks, if not wide receiver two, if your wide receiver two didn't pan out, right? Like it's so damaging to a team. And this is exactly what we were terrified of. So he is out on Sunday. Jameis Winston also ruled out. Andy Dalton will start for the Saints. And then you have James Conner and Daryl Williams both ruled out for Sunday's game versus Seattle. It's going to be all Eno Benjamin there. I think Eno Benjamin is a great flex this week. I believe his prop over on underdog is 53 and a half rushing yards. That's not a super exciting prop for me, given, you know, how poor that Cardinals offensive line is, but it's also the Seahawks. It's at least enticing. Uh, but in fantasy lineups, I'd fire up Gino, or not Gino, Eno. <laughs> Here I am, Seattle Seahawks, Gino Smith. I, I'd start up Eno Benjamin this week on your flex spot. And then Cam Akers ruled out on Sunday due to personal reasons. That was news and notes going into the weekend here, brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform in the world. We are hosting, we host all of our fantasy football leagues there. You want to join over 4 million people on the platform playing fantasy sports, you can head down to the link in the description of the audio podcast or YouTube video you are listening to. All right, let's get to our starts of the week here now. We have starts of the week. We have some player props I'm going to cruise through. Uh, it's going to be a bummer because I really enjoy when Tyler takes over that segment. Tyler, if you're listening to this, man, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you on this episode. I'm like waiting for the props to come up, and I'm like, I'm not going to do it as good as Tyler. I'm just not. I'm just not, but we got to get through our starts of the week first. Uh, and I will give you my starts of the week here, starting with my quarterback. If there's one guy who I think could finish as the overall quarterback one on the week, not named Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, right? Like those are the top three givens. I really think Tom Brady could finish as the overall quarterback one on the week this week. And and like, I get it. Like Tom Brady is not this like super sleeper, like, Ooh, could he have a top 10 week? Like, I think Tom Brady could be the overall quarterback one this week, and that's why he is my start of the week. Uh, if you want like a good streaming option this week, I like Geno Smith against the Cardinals, but overall quarterback one on the week, Tom Brady, I think he has that upside. 
Pittsburgh secondary is an absolute shambles right now. Like like Minka Fitzpatrick, safety Minka Fitzpatrick, quarterback Cam, cornerback, excuse me, Cam Sutton, Angela Witherspoon, cornerback, Levi Wallace, cornerback. They are all out. <laughs> they are all out on Sunday. This secondary is in shambles. And Pittsburgh has not been good against quarterbacks this year. Fifth worst pressure rate. And you want to know how you bother Tom Brady is by getting to him. Okay? This defensive line has not been good. They're not going to get to Tom Brady. They're not going to make him rush passes here. He's going to have all day to pick apart the secondary. They have the third most passing yards allowed. Second most air yards per game. And they've been allowing the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Tom Brady, colossal day incoming. Right? Like, they could just run all over, but this team doesn't want to run the football. Like, (laughs) they'd rather have Tom Brady throw the ball 40 times a game than give Leonard Fournette 20 rushing attempts. That's how this team works. So colossal day coming in for Tom Brady. I think he could easily finish, you know, quarterback one on the week. 353 tutties. I don't think that's undoable. You can even say 350 and four. I don't think that's undoable for Tom Brady this week. Uh, give me him as my start of the week at quarterback. Running back start of the week. We're just going to keep this clipping along. Uh, we're going to keep this episode short and sweet today. Uh, running back start of the week. Here we go. Jeff Wilson Jr. I love Jeff Wilson Jr. this week. I think there's a ton to like about him. He's racked up 100 total yards in three of his past four games while replacing Elijah Mitchell as a starter for this team. He scored in each game. Uh, the past two weeks here, and he threw up 20 points last week against Carolina. And Carolina, like, like not too shabby of a run defense. Okay, like, like I get the team isn't great, but like their run defense hasn't been bad this year. Now he gets the Falcons, who have allowed both Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette to just torch them. Both have gone over 19 fantasy points the past two weeks. And for how much this 49ers team likes to run the football. Like Jeff Wilson is probably one of the most quality starts this week. Uh, I like him and Ramondre are my two, like they're probably on your bench right now. And you probably think about putting them in your flex spot every week. I think this is the week you, you, you lock them in. You don't think twice about it. Love Jeff Wilson this week. Certainly has top 15 upside. Everything is there for Jeff Wilson, right? I think, I think Kyle Shanahan will just run the crap out of the football. I like uh, George Kittle and Debo this week as well. I mean, I think, I think this could be like a total 49ers domination. Right. I think it'd totally be the 49ers just absolutely demolish the Falcons this week. Because this 49ers defense is tough. His Atlanta Falcons offense is not good. His Atlanta Falcons defense is not good. I think I think it's a uh I think it's a big Jeff Wilson day. Just feed him on the ground, let him cook. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he finishes top 15 this week. Wide receiver start of the week. I look, I need to take a minute. Because when I was doing my starts of the week. I was I was I wasn't having issues at wide receiver, but it, it, this this is a feel like the last two weeks, last two weeks, said Carson Wentz feeling feeling in my bones. He's gonna have a bad game, right? Feeling in my bones. Carson Wentz just isn't gonna have a good game. Now this week, I'm feeling it again. I'm feeling it again in my bones, right? Chris Godwin last week, feeling it in my bones. Jerry Judy has a great game against the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. I feel it in my bones. And I can't believe I'm making a Broncos player my start of the week after my tirade against the Broncos earlier this week. Lead the league in sucking. They do. They're awful. I want nothing to do with them on my fantasy teams except for this week. I want Jerry Judy in my lineup this week. Total, 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 I feel it in my bones, right? Like, this is going to be a Jerry Judy game. 
I've been one of the bigger Cortland Sutton advocates. So, you're, so, so the, the follow-up question right to my start of the week then is like, well, why not Cortland Sutton, right? Because the Chargers are allowing the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Why not Cortland Sutton? And I've been a big Cortland Sutton advocate. I think he's a wide receiver too this week. So it feels kind of wrong to go against my guy and Sutton, but also I'm not questioning the bones, okay? I'm, I'm feeling it in the bones. Here's the thing. The Chargers may have allowed the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year, a ton of the, almost 130 of those fantasy points have been to the slot. They've been to the slot wide receiver position. And how do I know that? I use the 33rd team's uh, tool called the edge. This is not paid promo. Totally me just loving the product they're pumping out over there. Because it, seriously, it is so helpful to know where fantasy points are coming from on certain points of the field to predict success. Okay. Jerry Judy, despite missing action in week two and kind of working his way into action in week three, he played, you know, far less snaps in those two games. He's still top 20 in slot reps this year. So the Chargers have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. They've only allowed, I believe they're the 20th wide receivers lined about wide, which is our Cortland Sutton is. So when you have top five in slot to slot wide receivers, a guy who runs a ton of slot snaps, like I'm just like interdivisional matchup on primetime football. The Broncos got to go get this game. Okay, they got to go win. They got to get this game. Russ has got to redeem himself. I know I know that they've talked about the labrum and the shoulder injury and everything, and it sounds like he's getting better day by day. That was a report that came out later this week. It's probably painful to try and put Judy in your lineup. I get it. I, I, I totally get it. But primetime divisional matchup that could produce fireworks. There's going to be a total high-scoring game between these two dynamic offenses, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Judy could have himself a nice night. I really do. Because while the Chargers' run defense isn't great either, look, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, not totally scary. No, no disrespect to Melvin Gordon, love him as a player, but just feeling it in my bones. Feeling it in my bones this week. Jerry Judy. Jerry, I can't believe it, a Broncos player. Jerry Judy started the week at wide receiver for me. Tight end start of the week. Let's wrap up the starts of the week here. I know I said last week that my tight end start of the week was always going to be from here on out, like whoever plays the Arizona Cardinals because they're just atrocious against tight ends. <laughs> Except for this week. I'm flipping it up this week because Zach Ertz of the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> is my tight end start of the week this week. Look, Seattle's currently allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends, and, and that number is inflated. I need to recognize that. The number is definitely inflated. Because the last two weeks, they played TJ Hawkinson, who dropped a 40 bomb on him. And then last week, Taysom Hill just you know decided to play running back and score 34 fantasy points against them, right? Like, those numbers are inflated because of that. They're allowing like 137 fantasy points to tight ends this year. Arizona's the next closest at like 97, right? So that number is inflated. I want to acknowledge that. But even before in weeks one and three, Seattle was allowing the 13th most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Ertz is still seeing a ton of snaps and a ton of targets. Okay. He has 10 targets in three of his past four games. He's played at least 82% of the snaps in those four games. And he hasn't scored less than 10 fantasy points all year. He's currently the tight end four on the season, if you haven't noticed. No James Conner this week. I'm guessing they're going to keep the ball in Kyler Murray's hands more. Um, they could try and run the ball against the Seattle defense. But again, Eno Benjamin, I don't think they want to give him a full workload. I'm going to guess they keep it in Kyler's hands. I, I like Zach Hurts a ton this week. I, another 10 targets, another six receptions, another 50 yards, and a touchdown. Let's throw a touchdown in there. Why not? 17 fantasy points? 
That might be a little high. 11 fantasy points. Either way, 6 for 50, 11 fantasy points. In the land of fantasy football tight ends, that is going to give you a top 10 finish. So Zach Ertz, fire him up this week against the Seattle Seahawks. Those were my starts of the week. Tom Brady, Jeff Wilson, Jerry Judy, Zach Ertz. I like a lot of teams in red this weekend. Now that I realize that. Buccaneers for Tom Brady. 49ers for Jeff Wilson, Zach Ertz. Got orange in there. All warm tones. Unintentional. Unintentional for the fall season. It's starting to get cold here in Minnesota, so maybe I'm thinking warm, positive vibes. Anyways, beyond the point, those are my starts of the week. Let's wrap out this episode. Look, we're only like 28 minutes into this episode. I love this. We're going to keep this short and sweet for you on this Saturday. Get you all the information you need to know up front. Let's wrap this weekend uh, episode out with some player props brought to you by our friends, brought to you by our friends over at Underdog. We love our friends over at Underdog. Underdog uh, offers what they call Pick'em. It is their form of player props where you can go and take uh, the higher or lower amount on a specific player's prop for the weekend. Uh, So for instance, one we're going to be talking about is Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Uh, at 59 and a half, do you think he goes over that? Do you think he goes under that, right? That's a concept there. Uh, and you can put money down on that and parlay them to up to 20 X your money, right? If you do five and you hit all five legs, you can 20 X your money and they have insurance as well. So if you hit all five and you have insurance, you only need to hit four of them to win. They also have a thing called rivals as well, where two players are pinned against each other. One player may be given a little bit of a boost to try and even the playing field a little bit. One we'll be talking about, Kenny Pickett versus Tom Brady in passing yards, but Kenny Pickett gets a 43-and-a-half-yard boost. So if Tom Brady throws for, this is totally unrealistic, throws for 300 yards, and Kenny Pickett throws for 300 and, um, oh, what, what would be the line there? 300. If Kenny Pickett throws for 360 yards, Kenny Pickett, or 260 yards, excuse me, Kenny Pickett covers that, right? Because he came within 43-and-a-half yards of Tom Brady, right? This is kind of a wonky way of explaining it, but once we once we cruise through these, uh, we'll explain it a little bit better. Friends over at Underdog, use our promo code FELLOWS over there uh, if you want to get an instant match on your first deposit up to $100. Lamar Jackson, that's one we're going to start with here. 59 and a half rushing yards for Sunday. That That's an easy over for me. That is an easy easy over on his rushing guard prop for me because here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pull up his last few games for you. And I'm going to explain exactly why this, this should be a given 73 rushing yards in week two or sorry, against Baltimore two weeks ago, 107 rushing yards against the Patriots against Cincinnati last week, 58 rushing yards. He was two yards shy of this rushing prop. And now he gets the giants this week. Sorry, the Giants don't scare me on defense. This is an easy over for me for Lamar Jackson. I love his rushing yard prop this week. Um, Tyler, I miss you, man. I really wish you were running this segment because you're great at asking and I'm great at just kind of giving the snap response. And now I feel like I have to explain everything. And you can just kind of cover up for me, right? Like, I miss you, man. I miss you on this episode. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, 59 and a half rushing yards. So that, that is an easy, easy over for me. Brees Hall. Brees Hall's line... For receiving yards, 19 and a half. 19 and a half receiving yards for Brees Hall. That's another over for me. I know he hasn't been getting involved in the receiving game as much recently, okay? Only two receptions the past two weeks. Look, 53 receiving yards, though, against the Bengals three weeks ago. Had 12 against Pittsburgh, so he really wasn't too far off from that number against Pittsburgh. 
Last week, two receptions for 100 yards. I'm not going to tell you, you know, he's not going to rip off, you know, 60, 70 yard, you know, receptions uh, this week. But Breeze Hall is dynamic. Okay. Why would you take the ball out of this kid's hands right now? He is on fire, on fire as a rookie in a very okay <laughs> Jets offense, right? Get the ball in this guy's hands, whether that's on the ground or in the receiving game. So look, I at 19 and a half, I'm going to check and see if he has a combined yardage prop. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going to stick with his receiving yards. Uh, 84 and a half rushing receiving yards is his combined prop. I'm going to stick with the receiving yards prop there. I like 19 and a half for Brees Hall this week. Next one, look, I don't need to say much about this one. I got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin here. Mike Evans, 69 and a half receiving yards, taking the over. Chris Godwin, 64 and a half receiving yards, taking the over there. Again, we went through this earlier in the podcast. Tom Brady's my start of the week because this Pittsburgh secondary is banged up very badly. They like they are very, very, very low on secondary depth right now. Field day for Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, I believe he's at 289 and a half passing yards. If you want to parlay those two, if you want to correlate those two, I think you could take Tom Brady over and take a Mike Evans over. You could take the Tom Brady over and take the Chris Godwin over. I like both of them going over this week. So even if you want to do all three, you can probably do that too. That being said, you can mix and match these however you want. This is not me telling you how you should lay out your parlay. These are just some props that I really like this weekend um, that I may be looking to parlay myself. So Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, both going over this week in receiving yards. Najee Harris. We talk about the overs all the time. I got to give you one that I think is going to go under. Najee Harris at 61 and a half rushing and receiving yards, combined rushing and receiving yards. I'm going to take the under on that. I'm going to take the under on that. Um, I'm terrified of Najee against Tampa Bay this week. One of the best run defenses in the NFL. They're hardly allowing any rushing yards to begin with. Najee has not been getting involved in the passing game. I believe he's gone under this mark two of the past three weeks. Let me check this mark. Let me check that mark for you quick. Let me check that mark. I've got it right here. Uh, against Buffalo last week, 36 total yards against the Jets, 74 total yards, nothing in the receiving game though. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, or against Cleveland, excuse me, 61 total yards, right? Like I have very little confidence in Najee Harris against arguably the best run defense in the NFL. I I'm, I'm, I'm going under on 61 and a half for Najee. I, I have very, very, very little faith in Najee Harris right now. Last one that I want to dive into a little bit here, Jeff Wilson. His rushing prop is at 65 and a half. That's too low. That's that's too low. Because you want to know why he's gone over that mark each of the past three weeks. 75 yards against Denver, 74 yards against the Rams, 120 last week against Carolina. And now he gets the Falcons this week. People, easy over here. Like let's let's not think about it anymore that we have to. Denver, great run defense. The Rams, great run defense. Aaron Donald up the middle. Carolina, again, their their run defense is no slouch. Like they they are no slouch against the run. 65 and a half. Easy over for Jeff Wilson this week. Uh just a few more props to talk about here. Uh Tyler uh put out a video for us yesterday on our TikTok. Uh, he likes both Hollywood and Brown and Tyler Lockett to go over their receiving yards as well. You can head over to our TikTok fantasy football fellows over there. If you want to watch that video, get all of his thoughts on why he likes those two as well. Well, let's transition, <clears throat> excuse me, to some rival picks now. Let's transition to some rival picks because these are fun. I really like these. And there are a few in here that are just obscure where it's like, really? 
Like, really? Like, that's a prop? Like, I can like I can cash in on that? Yeah, you can cash in on this. Like, Kenny Pickett versus Tom Brady in passing yards. Kenny Pickett gets a 43-and-a-half-yard boost. I said Tom Brady could go for 350-and-four, right? That's what I said earlier this episode. Like, Kenny Pickett against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Do you really think? Do you really think Kenny Pickett is going to touch 250 this week? Because I think Tom Brady touches 300. I think he does. I think he gets to 300 this week. So then the question you're asking is, can Kenny Pickett get to 250? That's essentially the mark you're looking for. You're looking for, for 257, to be exact. Do you think he gets to 250? I don't. Not against Tampa Bay. Not a chance in the world. Kenny Pickett last week, I, be, I believe, got to two, oh, he got to 327 last week. Okay, so there's a chance against Buffalo. So Kenny Pickett did sling the ball around a little bit. But I... I think the Bucs just go absolutely ham in this game. I think they wreak havoc against the Steelers. I could see this being a blowout. I'm going to give Kenny Pickett the 43.5-point boost there. Or not give him the, uh, the boost. I'm going to pick Tom Brady in that one. I'm going to take Tom Brady in that one. Because even against the Jets, 120. Well, he only had 14 and 13 uh, attempts against uh, the Jets and the Lions. A 50, yeah, but 52 passing attempts for Kenny Pickett last week. I don't think they want to do that to Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I think that comes down. I think 52 comes down. <laughs> yeah, give me Tom Brady over Kenny Pickett in passing yards. Uh, I think Tom Brady goes for more than 44 passing yards greater than Kenny Pickett. Uh, we just talked about Jeff Wilson in uh, his rushing yard prop. If you don't want his rushing yard prop, here's a give. Here's a gimme. <laughs> Marcus Mariota gets a 36 and a half point yard boost over Jeff Wilson in rushing yards. <laughs> in rushing yards. Here, here's Marcus Mariota's rushing stats from the past three weeks. Against Tampa Bay, 61 yards. Sure, that's fine. I understand, like, 36 and a half point boost. You're like, ooh, that's scary. Three rushing yards against Cleveland. Four rushing yards against Seattle. <laughs> so I'm going to split that down the middle. I'm going to say 35 rushing yards for Mariota. So then you're asking me, do I think Jeff Wilson hits 70? Two. Well, he's gone over 72 the past three weeks. That's what I'm looking at there. So if Mariota hits 35 rushing yards, I need Jeff Wilson to hit 72. I like him over 65 and a half already. So yeah, I'm going to take Jeff Wilson over Mariota there. I think Jeff Wilson rushes for more or 37 more yards, at least 37 more yards than Marcus Mariota does this week. Here's another quarterback running back one. Some of these are just obscure. We're like, why would they throw these out? Because some of these feel like traps. I think at the same time, we just can't overthink it. Skylar Thompson, 66 and a half yard boost over Dalvin Cook in rushing yards. People, let's not overthink it. Let's not overthink it. Do you think Mike McDaniel really wants Skylar Thompson running the football? Do you think they want design plays for Skylar Thompson to run the football? Third string quarterback. Let's get the ball into other people's hands, not Skylar Thompson's. You want to know what Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, okay? Dalvin Cook has been an absolute destroyer of teams in Florida. Here's Dalvin Cook's rushing yards over the past three weeks before I, I move on to the Florida piece that I want to touch on. I don't know if Cameron and Tyler touched on this earlier this week, but it's important. Um, Dalvin Cook, the last three weeks, 94 rushing yards, 76 rushing yards, 96 rushing yards. I Look, why would you let Skylar Thompson run around the field with the football? Like, there is no reason for that. There is no reason for that. Delvin Cook. Like, I know Miami's a, a somewhat tough matchup against the run. <laughs> Delvin Cook, when he plays in Florida 
against teams in Florida. <laughs> this was something Will, Will Rager or Will Ragatz of uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, sent this out. Dalvin Cook in Florida against uh, Florida teams. Here we go. In 2014, when he was at Florida State, he had nine touches for 110 yards and two touchdowns against Miami. Again, Florida State in 2014 against Florida, University of Florida, 26 for 172 against USF while still at Florida State. University of Southern Florida, 30 carries, 266 yards, three touchdowns. 2015 against Miami, 25 for 269, three touchdowns. Still at Florida State against the University of Florida, 29 touches, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Again, at Florida State against University of Southern Florida, 32 for 329, two touchdowns. Senior year, Florida State at Miami, 28 touches, 209 yards, and a touchdown. Florida State against Florida, University of Florida, 29 touches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. And then in 2020, when Minnesota played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 24 touches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Now we get Dalvin Cook versus Miami. 20 touches, 100 yards, and a touchdown this week. Like, why? Skyler Thompson won't rush for 40 yards. Why would you put the ball in Skyler Thompson's hands to run? Why would you? Why? It makes no sense. So give me Dalvin Cook to cover that easily. 66 and a half. Last one I want to touch on. This one feels like free money. DJ Moore, 37 and a half yard boost over Cooper Cup for receiving yards. Sorry, you probably just heard me snort there a little bit. (laughs) This is a gimme. 125 yards against Dallas last week. 122 against the 49ers. He had a dud against Arizona. But Cooper Cup has gone over 80 yards in every game this year. DJ Moore, ready for this? 59 yards. 50 yards. Two yards the last three weeks. Now gets P.J. Walker at quarterback. I know Matt Rule's out of there, but come on. You're giving me... Only 37 for a guy who's going to have 50 more receiving yards? Like, come on. Cooper Cup. Take Cooper Cup there. That one is easy. Backup quarterback. Carolina secondary is good, but, like, it doesn't matter. It it is Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, and that is it. So, yeah, I'm taking Cooper Cup over DJ Moore there. 37.5 point boost. Doesn't matter. Cooper Cup's going to go for over 100 in this game. All right, those are some player props and rivals brought to you by your friends over at Underdog. If you want your first first deposit, holy smokes! If you want your first deposit matched on your, if you want your first deposit matched up to hundred dollars, make sure you use the promo code Fellas F E L L A S, or use the link down in the description of this audio podcast or YouTube video. Up to twenty extra money on a five leg parlay. That wraps out this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Make sure you're following us on all of our socials, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on TikTok and YouTube. If you're watching this YouTube video right now, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications for all sorts of daily fantasy football content. We are bringing you shorts. We are bringing you our podcast every single week, right? Hit that notification button. Turn those notifications on. Subscribe to the channel and follow us on TikTok. We got all we got such great content over there, too. If you want to join a community full of league winners, go join our chalkboard. You can ask us any trade advice, any waiver advice, any start-sit advice, anything you want. Head over to our chalkboard down in the description of the audio podcast or YouTube video you are watching. This is where I would ask Tyler. Tyler, do you have anything you want to add? Cameron, do you have anything you want to add? And they would say, keep on keeping on. And I would say, yes, keep on keeping on. We are three stooges being dudes. In this case, it is just me this morning. 
giving you all the latest and greatest fantasy football advice leading up to this weekend of action. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Oh, I'm at Lucas Wentzel on Twitter. Give me a follow over there as well. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you all early next week for a recap of this weekend. Peace.